This is Pocket Watching with JT, the call-in financial talk show focused on helping you get your money right. Jason Thornton is a certified financial planner licensed in both tax and investments. Now, this is not personal financial advice. This is JT's real reaction to all your money and business questions. Are you deep in debt, living paycheck to paycheck, and looking for a way out? Call Pocket Watching with JT, the financial advisor for the people. Need more? Book your personal consultation with my man JT at pocketwatcher.net. Now, let's go pocket watching. Hey, Pocket Watchers. Welcome to Pocket Watching with JT. It is Freestyle Friday. Big shout out to the over 56,000 of you who hit that subscribe button. Thank you. I appreciate it as you make your way into this night's live stream. Make sure you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and share this content. Listen, I know, I know. It's been a long time since I've said these three letters. P P. So we got we got to do another PPP video just to give you guys an update on the insanity that went down. Now, if you've seen the thumbnail of this video, then you understand, you know, I'm asking the question here. There are PPP scammers. For some reason, they're still broke, even though some of these PPP loan scammers, some of y'all only got maybe about 20 something thousand dollars. OK, all right. Some of y'all just got twenty thousand dollars. Others got millions of dollars. It does not matter. It doesn't matter if they were a small time twenty thousand dollar PPP loan scammer or they were a big time multi-million dollar PPP loan scammer or somewhere in the middle of having a couple thousand hundred thousand dollars of PPP loan money. The odds are right if we just do this based on probability right based on the probability most likely that PPP loan scammer is still broke. They were broke before they got the money from the federal government, and now they're broke after they got the money from the federal government. And I'm not even just talking about the people who the federal government had already caught up with, the people who've been arrested, the people who got their stuff uh, took from them, from the government, all that. No, no, no. I'm talking about the people who, for some reason, still think that they got away with it, right? I'm talking about those people. They're still broke for the most part. Most people who scam this money, based on probability, they're probably still broke. So you got to ask yourself the question, what was it all for? What did you do it for, right? So I'm going to show a video. We're going to take a look at a video real quick because this, this right here really pretty much sums up what it's like to be a PPP loan scammer. All right, here we go. This is a pretty recent updated video, right? This is something that's going on somewhat recently. Let's check this out and then we're going to break it down. And then I'm going to take on callers from you guys. Call me up. Let me know what you think about this whole PPP loan thing. And if, but it's still Freestyle Friday. If you have a question about anything, personal finance or business, Ask me. I'm going to do the best I can to give you a recommendation to help you move forward, and we'll have some fun, all right? So, but I'm not going to be on all night. Y'all going to get a good hour out of me, so if y'all want to call, you better start calling soon. 
because I'm not going to be on here all night. But let's check this out and see what's going on with another PPP loan scammer. No one answered at this Southeast Memphis address earlier today, where according to PPP loan data, Kenyatta Hooper operated a hobby, toy, and games business and is listed as the only owner. Records show Hooper received a PPP loan from the Small Business Administration for a little more than $38,000 in March of 2021. Okay. Money that would supposedly pay the salaries of four employees. However, an investigation showed that Hooper used those funds designed to provide emergency financial assistance during the COVID-19 pandemic for herself and others. They say Hooper allegedly submitted fake documents and fraudulent applications for PPP loans and directed others to do the same. All right. So, so fake documents. What fake documents did she provide? Now, I don't have her information in front of me, but I can give you guys a good idea of what fake documents that she provided. Well, automatically, what she felt out on the application was most likely wrong. It's fraudulent information. Anybody out here who's telling you, oh, don't worry about it. Everybody do this, right? They'll say, this is what rich people been doing for years. Yeah, just throw some numbers on that piece of paper. It ain't no big deal. You'll end up in jail like this woman. But she probably put fraudulent information on the application, but that's not it. What she also did is that she probably submitted fraudulent tax returns, not personal individual tax returns. That's something else that we may get into later. The type of tax return that this woman most likely submitted to the bank slash federal government for the PPP loan was what we refer to as a nine. 41 tax return. This 941 tax return is the type of tax return that business owners submit quarterly. It is the payroll tax return, okay? The payroll tax return basically shows the total amount of money that you paid your W-2 employees. It also shows how much money you withheld from their payroll for federal income tax, for Social Security, for Medicare. It shows all that type of information. The reason why she would have had to submit this information is because that is the document that's going to give the bank slash the federal government the information that they would need to figure out how much money in PPP loan should this person who's applying for it, how much should they get? Now, the formula that they use, they want, I believe, two and a half months of your monthly uh, payroll. Now, a 941 is a quarterly payroll tax return. So that's three months. So they would use that to kind of calculate, okay, how much would you do for a whole year? Then we'll divide that by 12 to get monthly. Then after we got the monthly, we multiply by two and a half. I believe I'm going off the top of my head about two and a half. That's going to be the amount of money that we're going to give you for this PPP loan. Okay. So she submitted a fraudulent bank application. Number one, I think we've covered this a few times here, but I'll say it again. Never lie on bank applications. Never lie on credit card applications. Just don't lie. How about we do that? How about we just draw the line right there? How about you not lie on any kind of legal document? If you do that, you're most likely playing it safe. 
you can make sure that you're not looking over your shoulder, worried about the alphabet boys trying to get you. If you just simply calm down, relax, and just not lie on legal documents. If there's anybody on the internet instructing you to lie on legal documents, it's not good. <laughs> Don't follow their advice. I know it may sound simple for some of you pocket watchers, but believe it or not, there's people who don't understand that lying on a legal document to receive funds that you ordinarily ordinarily would not have access to is a crime. It's fraud, right? So just to update you. So that's what, what's going on. That's what she most likely did to be able to file for the PPP loan. She probably filled out the application incorrectly, on purpose incorrectly, right? Fraud. And she also filed a 941 tax returns. Or if she didn't file it, she at least prepared a fraudulent 941 and submitted it to uh, the bank slash federal government. Allegedly took kickbacks from people she assisted in filing fraudulent PPP loan applications. All right. Now, here's a, here we go. Here's another leg of the scam. So th this this lady, uh, allegedly, this lady, she was more than just your everyday scammer. She wasn't happy or content. That's a better term, content. She was not content with basically committing fraud for herself. She got the bag for herself by scamming. Wasn't content with that. She said, hold on, wait. I see a business opportunity with this scam. Not only did I scam the government out of money, I am now going to assist other people in scamming the federal government. And I'm going to take a commission. This is what they're referring to as the kickback. I'm going to take a commission payment because I'm going to help other people commit the same fraud that I committed. All right. So just kind of keep track with all the uh, federal crimes that this woman is committing here. Falsely certified she would use the funds for permissible expenses and instead spent loan money on a Maserati, personal travel, concerts, and gambling. Right there. That, that really, that last little bit, that's really what I want to. That's really what I want to highlight. I'm going to show the rest of the video, but I really want to highlight that. I want you all to pay attention here. How did she spend this money? She spent the money on a Maserati. She spent the money on personal travel, concert tickets, gambling. This all ties back to the point that I try to make a lot when people complain that they don't have enough money. We're going to watch the rest of it, but just, just focus in here. I deal with clients all the time. Uh, my everyday clients are going to be more in the middle class to higher income earners, but I do pro bono work all the time. I deal with clients who are more on the lower income spectrum. And it doesn't matter if they're low income or ultra high income. A person with a spending problem 
has a spending problem. And it does not matter how much money they get. Okay? When I sit down and I talk to a person about a budget, and I explain to them that they need to have a plan for their money. If you do not have a plan for your money, your money will just evaporate. It will go away. Okay? Most people complain and they say that they have an income problem. They say that if I only made more money, I wouldn't live paycheck to paycheck then anymore. If I only made just a little bit more money, I'd be on easy street. If I only made more money, I'd be able to save for retirement. I'd be able to save for my kids' education. I'd be able to invest. I'd be living the good life if I only made more money, right? I hear it all the time, all the time. Let me tell you this. If you're living paycheck to paycheck right now, I don't care where you are. You could be in New York. You could be in Detroit, Las Vegas, LA, Seattle. Doesn't matter where you are. If you're living paycheck to paycheck right now, there's a 99% chance that you live paycheck to paycheck not because you have an income problem. You're living paycheck to paycheck because you have a spending problem. Now, I know some will say, no, JT, no, pocket watcher. No, 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 no. Listen, I only spend my money on the necessities. See, my, my, my income, my my pay rate, it didn't keep up with inflation. My pay rate, it didn't keep up with the cost of living. If my mean boss and, and these evil corporations, if they only were a little less greedy, I would be able to live a comfortable life. It's not my spending. It's the fact that I don't have enough money. Okay. All right. I hear that. When's the last time you went through your bank statement for the last three months? Could you even tell me how much money over the last three months, could you tell me how much money you spent on simply eating out? I'm talking about restaurants. Could you tell me that right now? See, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, 99% chance there's no way. You don't know what that number is. You couldn't guess that number if someone put a gun to your head. You wouldn't be able to get within $250 close to what that number is. Not honestly. Not over three months? No, I doubt it. I doubt, not if you live in paycheck to paycheck. You have no idea how much money you are spending on things you do not have to buy. You don't have an income problem. You have a spending problem. How do you know this? All right, good question. How do I know this? I'm not in your financial statements. I'm not in your bank statements. How would I know this? Okay. The reason why I know this is based on case study after case study after case study. When you give the average person who cannot work within their budget at one level, if you give them more money, 
they will continue to mismanage at a higher level. We refer to it as lifestyle creep, meaning a person who makes, let's say, $45,000 a year, okay? A person that makes $45,000 a year, living paycheck to paycheck, they, they're living the lifestyle of a person who makes $60,000 a year, okay? They make 45, but they're living the lifestyle of someone who makes 60. Now, what would happen if you gave that person a magic wand, right? And now all of a sudden, instead of making $45,000 a year, they make $65,000 a year. See, if you just do it based off math, if you do it based off logic, you would think, oh, this person's got it easy now. They were originally living off of a lifestyle of 60 off of a $45,000 income, meaning they were living in debt. That's what makes up the difference, right? If you make 45, but you have a $60,000 lifestyle, you've got debt that's, you know, give you a bridge, right? You take that same person, you can give them 65. You know what? Scratch it. Give them 75. You give that same person $75,000. What will happen? Will they live within their means? Will they be comfortable? Will they no longer be living paycheck to paycheck? Nope. That's not what the case study says. What the case study says is that same person who had a $45,000 income, but a $60,000 lifestyle, if you give them $75,000, what will happen? They'll have an eighty-five dollars to $90,000 lifestyle. They'll still live paycheck to paycheck. They'll still be American-style broke, right? Because they have a spending problem. We're going to see here. I'm going to show you what happens when you give a person who is normally broke, when you give them a bag, what ends up happening. We'll keep it going. The fraudulent scheme drew sharp comments from the U.S. attorney for the Western District of Tennessee, saying in part, bad actors unfortunately have targeted this critical assistance program and fraudulently diverted much needed resources. Records show Hooper is also listed as the owner of Smart Money Solutions on East Shelby Drive. We tried to reach Kenyatta Hooper at a number given for the business, but got a recording. I'm sorry, but the person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. Goodbye. The business, now vacant, received a PPP loan in the amount of $20,833 in April of 2021. According to the PPP website, the loan, which was to pay salaries of two employees, has been paid in full or forgiven. An employee at one of the other businesses in this strip mall who would not go on camera said she had only seen Hooper a couple of times at Smart Money Solutions and never saw any customers inside. Now, at this point, Hooper faces up to 20 years in prison on each of the six counts of wire fraud. That's the type of time nobody should want to do. 20 years per count. Now, is she going to get the max on? Probably won't get the max. But why do any time? Why do any time at all? For what? 
She probably had that Maserati for less than two full years before she got caught up. Is that what you want? You want to drive around in a Maserati for less than two years and risk decades of your life because you wanted people to think that you're rich. You're taking penitentiary chances to have other people who don't care about you. And I'm going to show you probably in a little bit why these people who you're trying to impress don't care about you. You're trying to impress other people by stunting on the gram, driving a Maserati, taking these fancy trips, right? Taking pictures of your fancy trip on Instagram. All for what? Just to end up right where you were before, broke. Not only broke, but broke and in prison. What, what are we doing? I mean, this is... This is absolutely insane. But here, I, I, I'm going to wrap it up with this. I, I'm going to start taking on calls, but give me one second. I want to point out the person who was on the uh, the thumbnail, okay? The person who was on the thumbnail. We've got Baby Blue. Now, for those of you who, you know, weren't of my age in, I guess, the early 2010s, this was a member of the R&B group uh pretty rhythm right they 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 had a nice little run there for a while they were hot for a good five years i think around that time maybe maybe shorter than that but they had, they had a nice little run let me bring this brother up on the screen so you can see exactly who i'm talking about here all right here's 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 baby blue right there all right perfect case study of baby blue and the mindset of being broke all right here we go I've got the court records of Baby Blue, whose real name is Diamond Blue Smith, right? Mr. Smith. I've got the court record that shows his personal bank account balances. All right? Show you how this works. All right. May 14, 2020. May 14, 2020, Mr. Diamond Blue Smith personal bank account had a balance of $1,021.97. May 14, 2020. About a week or so later, between the dates of May the 26th and May the 27th, he put in his personal account, this is from PPP loan money, he put in his personal account one million thirty-six thousand six hundred and sixty-seven dollars and eight cents. All right. Just to summarize, May fourteen, one thousand twenty-one dollars and ninety-seven cents. May the twenty-six and May the twenty-seven. A few deposits later. Here we go. $1,036,667.08. Now, would anybody like to guess what was the balance of his personal checking account by July 13 of the same year? We're talking about May, June, 
July. May, he deposited over a million dollars. June, then July 13th. Any guesses? Any, any guesses? Does anyone believe that they can pinpoint within around $2,500 of how much money he had in his personal bank account by July the 13th. He had, here we go, July the 13th, his personal bank account had a balance of zero. He had nothing in his personal bank account. Zero. Nada. It was goose egg. May the 14th, less than $1,100. May the 26th and the 27th, over a million dollars. July the 13th, no money whatsoever. I rest my case. <laughs> I rest my case. You don't have an income problem. You have a spending problem. Money only makes you more of what you were before. If you do not prepare yourself now with what God has blessed you with, even if it's little. And remember, when we say little, we're talking about United States of America, little. We're not talking about little for the world. If you're in America right now, the United States of America, you're already in the top percentile of lifestyles throughout the entire world. Never forget that point. But just in America, if you feel as if you don't have enough, you're not being paid your worth. If you are not actively right now preparing yourself to be able to manage what little you say you have, manage it in a way where you're not living paycheck to paycheck, I don't care what happens. You can be like one of the young men who just yesterday was drafted into the NBA. Many young black men became millionaires just yesterday. Now, some of them are legacies. <laughs> some of these guys are, <laughs> are from millionaires. A lot of, some of these guys' dads were also in the NBA, but not most of them. Most of them did not grow up in the home of a former or current NBA star. They got it out the mud, as the culture would say, right? Many of them are automatic millionaires the second they sign that contract, right? But if they don't know how to manage the money that they had before, or they don't hire reputable, non-scammy financial professionals in their lives, not to just manage their money for you, but to educate you on how you should be managing your money and also helping you do it at the same time. It's a teamwork thing. You never hand over the keys to the kingdom to someone else and hope everything goes right. That's a problem with a lot of athletes and entertainers. You don't just hand over the keys to the kingdom to some lawyer, to some financial advisor, to some accountant. 
No, 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 no. It's a partnership that we do here. I'm going to educate you on your options. Then hopefully you're going to make the right decision when I show you your best options. Then I'm going to also educate you on the responsibilities you now have financially to also make the right choices within your budget. How much are you going to save? How much you are going to spend? How much you are going to give away? How much you are going to invest, right? It's a teamwork thing. This is why a lot of athletes and entertainers get ripped off and they end up broke five years after retirement. They hand over the keys to someone else and just say, oh, I got a guy that's taking care of that. It's not the best route to go. But the point that I'm trying to make here is it does not matter what your income is. It matters how you can manage it. When you become wise and a good steward over the little you think you have, you'll be amazed on what comes into your life when you submit to the realities of how finance and money actually works. So here we go. We have thousands of people who committed PPP loan fraud. Some got maybe $20,000, others got millions. Some of these PPP loan scammers were so flagrant with their fraud they made average, ordinary, non-criminal people feel like we did something wrong by not taking the money. They laughed at us. They called us lames. We don't know how to hustle and use the system. Right? That's how confident they were in their hustle. Where are they now? I don't see too many money phones on Instagram right now. I don't see too many people taking pictures of that new luxury car that they got real quick. Where are they? They started off broke before the PPP loan and they're probably still broke right now. That's how these things work. But hey, I'm gonna go... <laughs> I'm going to go to the phones, man. Y'all just hold tight. Hold tight with your brother. I'm going to go to the phones, and I, I want to hear from you guys. I, I want to hear what you guys are thinking, what is in your minds. But do me a favor. If you are on the line, please, please, please do me this favor. Turn down the device that you're listening on, okay? Turn the device down. Make sure that you are listening to me directly through the phone, right? I don't need you to, you know, have all of this feedback and whatnot. Just talk directly into the phone and you'll be fine. But at first, I am going to go to the chat, right? Let me go to the chat because I see a super chat here. I want to make sure that I'm giving respect to the people who are in the chat. Thank you to all the pocket watchers. Caller from uh, 267 area code, give me one second. Just give me one second. I want to make sure I show some love to the people in the chat here. We got we got Lord Commander in the building. Lord Commander, thank you so much 
for the super chat says lol scammers lose <laughs> losing uh, except except Batman Cavill. I guess Batman Cavill's doing Cavill's doing good. I guess he's doing good. All right, so I got I got calling from two six seven area code. You are live on the air with pocket watching with JT. Uh, how you doing? Hello, hi. Yes, ma'am. JT, I just want to tell you, like, I really enjoy your show. Mm -hmm. I've been a watcher for you when you was like in the thousands. I remember you did the first PP um, PPP reactions due to um, Kevin Samuels, and the girl was getting um, unemployment. Right, and you did a reaction to that. Oh yeah, you've been here since then. Day day one. Thank you, (laughs) thank you so much for all the time. Day one. So I wanted to say this. I have been telling people that people don't have a financial literacy problem. People have a behavior problem with money. It's not the financial literacy as far as how to earn money, because most black people know how to generate income. Right. They do. They know how to generate income. Absolutely. The problem is when they generate the income, they got a behavior problem with saving the income, investing the income. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And prioritizing the income according to savings versus spending. It's just a behavior problem. And mm. it's just my theory. People keep seeing this mindset thing, this law of attraction. All that stuff is BS. You that 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 stuff that, that's BS. Because you can I can think all day and I did it, JC. I tried it. Like I was on that level. I tried to think positive right. and manifest wealth into my life and write affirmations about money. Let me tell you something. I didn't get no money. And as a matter of fact, I spent more time and energy trying to manifest money right. versus being practical and logical, making a plan to earn money. Oh my God. You are you you are hitting the nail on the head. Whenever I hear someone say the word mindset too many times in one sentence, I feel a scam coming on. I feel a scam coming on. People who preach mindset, 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 mindset all the time, something's wrong. Something's, I, I, I see red flags everywhere. Because I remember, you know, I, I'm of the age where I remember that book and DVD called The Secret. Do you remember The Secret? Secret. Yeah, you and I are the same age. I'm 39. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody was talking about the secret. The secret. The secret. Secret. How can you bring wealth into your life? Why are some people destined to be wealthy and other people destined to be poor? And they would talk about all this mumbo jumbo about poor people have poor thoughts and they bring in poverty into their lives. While rich people have rich thoughts and they bring wealth into their lives. No, that's not quite how it works, right? In my experience, I have seen wealthy people, yeah, they got somewhat of a wealthy mindset compared to the average person, meaning that they get up and they go to work. Some are scammers. So believe me, scammers definitely have a wealth mindset. They wake up First thing in the morning, they're thinking about how they can get the money out of other people's pockets into their pockets. They do not care what they have to say. They do not care what they have to do. They are fixed on getting other people's money in their pockets. So if you want to call that mindset, then okay. But people who are legitimately wealthy, when you talk about mindset, what we're really talking about is work ethic. 
work ethic and ingenuity. When you're talking about the people who started a company, right? These big tech companies and stuff like that. Yeah, these people were one in a generation. These people were at the forefront of an industry. But when you talk about everyday millionaires, that's what you really need to measure yourself up to. You, you shouldn't be measuring yourself up to a Bill Gates or a Zuckerberg or the people who are like once in a generation are wealthy. You need to measure yourself up against the everyday millionaires. And everyday millionaires, there are people who have a million dollar net worth who never made consistently six figures annually. Right? They never wow. made $100,000 or more annually over the majority of their work life. Maybe a few years, but not the majority. How were they able to build up a million dollar net worth? They did it through work ethic. They did it through, like what you're saying, the proper behavior. Because one of the things that kill me, when I hear people from our community complain, well, nobody taught me about credit growing up, right? You, you ever hear somebody complain about that? Yes. Right. Nobody nobody told me how to pay bills on time. <laughs> right. That's, that's the point that I'm getting to. No one taught me about credit. Okay. That might be true. Let me pull out my violin and play a little sob song for you. No one taught you about credit. Okay. <laughs> but basic math tells you that if you have $10, you don't spend $15. Meaning if you go to a store and there's something that you want out of that store, right? And you don't have the money to buy it. And somehow, some way, maybe the store, maybe some bank, credit card company says, listen, we'll go ahead and buy that for you. Even though you don't have all the money, we'll go ahead and buy it for you will lend you the money, just pay us back based on these terms. Here's the terms. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. It doesn't take a graduate from business school to realize if you sign the dotted line and you make an agreement that you're going to pay someone back based on a specific set of terms, if you fail to keep up your end of the deal, that's a bad thing. That's basically what credit is. That's what what credit and that's is. That's character. Thank you. And that's character. That is character. character. Absolutely, it's character. Because what are you doing at the end of the day? At the end of the day, you made a deal and you didn't keep up your end of the deal. If you have bad credit, that's what happened. Most of the time, I know right. there's certain situations. Oh, I got medical debt. It was unexpected. Yeah, I got that. I got that. But that's not who I'm talking to. You know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the person who's looking at me right now. You know why you have yeah. bad credit. Stop acting like someone did something to you. You borrowed money and you didn't pay it back the way you said you were going to pay it back. That's why you have bad credit. But I was young. Don't matter. You, you were over 18. Right. Let's not act like you gotten bad right. credit when you were six years old. Well, my mom or somebody put something in my name. You can you can contest that. 
Stop acting like a child. You can contest that. You can go to the uh, uh, credit card companies. There's all these fake gurus online telling you all the details of how you can get stuff off your credit. I'm pretty sure if you go to the uh, credit bureaus and say, listen, this this uh, beeper back in 1988, I was three years old at that time. I'm pretty sure I wasn't old enough to sign the contract for 18 beepers when I was three years old. You could probably get that off of your credit score. So stop complaining about that BS. You have bad credit because you borrowed money and you didn't pay it the way you said you was going to pay it. That is a you problem, not the evil boogeyman of the world doing something to you. And, you know, before the credit system was even enacted by these two white guys, I did a whole little research paper on this, mm -hmm. this um, for self-education purposes. Mm -hmm. Your character was what you had to bring to get loans from the bank. Right. So, like, your neighbors, your job had to bear witness. <laughs> right. They re the reference letters. You were on time, <laughs> right. your work ethic, your yeah. conduct, and even members of your family would have to attest yeah. to what type of person you were before the bank even lent you money before the um the credit system came in place. Right. So if you look at these scammers or people who's trying to get quick cash, I wouldn't give you money anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't give you money anyway. Even if your credit would say it was good or bad. Right. Just by the mere fact that you are impatient, you're not giving my money. I wouldn't learn you anything just on a mere fact that you are impulsive. What do you want to do with this money that you can't wait to create a plan to get this money? And then you mm. have people, oh, I'm going to be the first generational millionaire. What type of millionaire do you want to be? People be like, oh, it's different type of millionaires. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. That's a, that's a great point. Hey, I'm going to let you go. There's another caller back there, but thank you for calling yeah. up, okay? You're very welcome. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I got a caller from the uh, 516 area code. Hold tight. There's a couple of super chats that I want to get to, but I got a caller from 516. Just hold tight real quick. I want to make sure that I get to these people who are supporting uh, the pocket watch here. I got a uh, big shot ammo in the building. says, as a AML slash BSA professional as uh, my day job, I'm telling you now, they are in for a rude awakening. Yes, absolutely they are. And we got my brother, the Seattle Black Veteran, says it's been a while, my brother. Great show. Thank you. Y'all go check out the uh, Seattle Black Veteran. Is a brother who is very knowledgeable. If you are someone, if you believe that you are uh, due veteran benefits, this brother has the information to get you your benefits. Go check out his page, his channel, The Seattle Black Veteran. All right. I think I think I got every. Oh, hold on. We got Lord Commander. Lord Commander again says, I call, I call them mindset trappers. <laughs> I call them mindset trappers selling toxic positivity. I know people that do the millionaire morning routine waking up at 4 a.m. and meditating and uh, journaling won't make you <laughs> it, won't, it won't make you rich on that no 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 it won't you gotta have the work ethic all that other stuff is what helps you it's what helps you keep you motivated as you work 
You can't forget the work. The work is the most important thing. It's the work. You can journal, you can do meditation, you can light incense, you can do all that stuff. But if you don't put in the work, it's not going to happen to you. I'm about to bring up this caller, caller from 516, but I got to do one quick rant to explain to you what character is when it comes to credit. I was watching a video earlier today. I can't remember who said it. If I remember, I'll mention the person's name, but I don't remember who said it. But this is what happened in the video. The person basically gave a scenario. They said, if you were walking down an alley and you had $10,000 in your pocket, someone jumps out and they mug you and take your money. Would you rather have 10,000 of your own dollars in your pocket? Or would you rather have $10,000 of somebody else's money in your pocket. The person who set up this hypothetical situation said, I'd rather have someone else's money in my pocket. The audience that he was speaking to, every one of them said they'd rather have someone else's money in their pocket. I don't get it. Maybe I'm the dumb one. See, in that situation, if I'm thinking, I'd rather have my money in my pocket. If, you, if that's my only two choices, if my only two choices is $10,000 of my money or $10,000 of someone else's money, I'd rather it be my money that the guy takes. And let me explain why. When the guy mugs me and takes my money, I'm at zero. I don't have anything in my pockets. I'm at zero. I'd be pissed, angry, upset at myself because I allow myself to get into an environment where I'm not paying attention where I'm at. Outset at the guy who decided that he's going to take money from other hardworking people instead of working hard himself. But I'm at zero. But if I have somebody else's money in my pocket, not only am I at zero in my pocket, but now I owe them. I got to pay them back. And most likely I have to pay them back with interest. So not only am I at zero, really I'm already in the negative. Because I have to pay them back. I got to pay them back interest because I can't pay them back on time. But this speaks to character. It speaks to character. I don't know how other people grew up. I've already established that I admit I grew up in a somewhat privileged situation when you look at the grand scheme of the Black community. I grew up with both parents. My parents are small business owners. They taught me certain things of when it comes to honor, respect, and ethics. And if you ask me that question in any stage of my life, most likely I'm saying I'd rather have my money in my pocket when I get robbed than someone else's money in my pocket. Because when I work to build my money back up, I'm starting from zero. I don't owe anybody any money. There's nobody who I got to feel uncomfortable around at the, at the barbecue or at the barbershop. 
I don't have to duck and dodge people because it was my money and I can get my money back by working. I don't want to have to work to make someone else money back and have to do something. But that's me. That's me. I understand. Let me bring up Carla. Carla from 516 Area Code. You are live on the air with Pocket Watching with JT. How you doing? Good, Pocket Watcher. What's going on? I love your show. We have to go back and forth in the chat sometimes, but you definitely <laughs> caught me today with, with a reply. I'm like, okay, you got that. Um, in reference to the PPP loans, mm-hmm. I know during the barbecues, barbershop talk and stuff, a lot of people were like, yo, you could get one. And I was like, eh, I don't know. And there were people legitimately in the barbershop right. trying to get people to sign up who didn't have a business. Now, in the hood, a lot of people have these liberty taxes and these tax places, which you can do a video on, that mm-hmm. prey on people that don't have jobs all year, but you can get them as a hair braider, barbershop, babysitter, <laughs> bottle collector, and they get money. Those same people were getting PPE loans. I said, let me not do that. Right. A lot of those people got red flag for the taxes, mm-hmm. red flag for the PPO, PPE loan in the hood. And like, what happened? I thought this was legit. No, you're going to get caught, number one. Number two, mm-hmm. the point that you made about getting more money. Someone taught me this earlier. If you go to your uh, your tax website, the, the federal tax thing, mm-hmm. um, and look at all the jobs you've had, it'll give you the income that you've earned from the first time you started working. I started working about 15. Right. So if you look every year, you'll see the money goes up, it goes up, it goes up. If you're still in the same position, paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. like you said, it isn't an, uh, a money thing. It's how you handle your money. Yep. Because when I first started working, I was making $5,000 working part-time in, at, at a college as, as an assistant. Mm-hmm. You know, through the years, it's 50000 100000 Now, did my spending habits change? 100%. I have a friend of mine that makes over two hundred grand. Right. It was paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. Like, that. that's crazy. It's insane. You know, in, in reference to that. Yeah. Paycheck to paycheck. But uh, um, the, the thing that I like that you're doing is, is putting up the post and, and, and tagging these people. And what I call them is, it's mm-hmm. the it's black social media, black Twitter, black Instagram mm-hmm. that's preying on the low hanging fruit of our community. And, I, and you and um, the comment of Eli are yes. pointing that out. And I'm saying you guys are pointing this out where a lot mm-hmm. of people don't have the voice or maybe don't want to do YouTube videos, right. but saying, yo, you guys are actually picking on people mm-hmm. at their lowest point to do these conferences and these, and these cons and these, and these events to do what? It has no no uh, value to it. Oh, man. And I'm like, this is crazy. And then at the end of the day, like you said, <laughs> you did a video said, out of these 20,000 people in the stadium, how many people do you really think are going to pop off and really make some money? Zero. Probably Zero. Uh, they've been doing these conferences for years. Okay? They've been doing these conferences yeah. for years. Why haven't we seen any type of closing of the <laughs> racial wealth gap? Right. What's going on? The only uh, transfer of wealth that's going on is the money that's in the pockets of the people who go to the conference is going into the money. I mean, going into the pockets of the people who run the conferences. That's the only transfer of wealth that's going on, because if it actually was having real tangible uh, differences in our community, we would see it. We'd see it. Everybody is an expert on how to make money online, but everybody's broke. How does that make any common sense? There's there's almost for every 30 people, there's one fake guru. For every like 30, 40 people, there's one fake guru. 
who's telling you he knows how to make almost anybody a millionaire. But everybody's right. broke. How can those two things right. exist in the same time and space? I don't get it. It, it makes absolutely right. no sense. And, and one real last quick thing. Mm -hmm. If you notice it, and I know this, I don't know if you do it on purpose or not, but a lot of those same people that you've done videos and reactions to, mm -hmm. as, you know, uh, him 500 and other people, the play now is for them to piggyback off of everyone else's conference. If you ever, if you ever look, you'll see him 500, you'll see certain people in the black space piggybacking off their conference. I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do this. Like, wait a minute. Why are they just doing conference after conference? But it's the same recycle people. One or two people may change. <laughs> right. It's, a, it's like, it's a carousel. It's like, yo, you do mine. I'm not I'm like, right. correct. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, like, it's, like I don't even want to go to anything anymore. I, I'm like cringing to go to anything that might be legit. I'm like, well, who's going to be there? Right. Who's on stage? You know, so it, it's crazy. But I appreciate your work, man. I, I pass your stuff on to a lot of people. Thank and, you. And I look forward, hopefully, to... to I don't know if you're, you're, you're licensed from New York or whatever, but mm. definitely want to sit down with you and, 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 and talk about, you know, my end of my money stuff. So, I, Listen, bro, I appreciate it. The fact that you say that you share my stuff, that's one of the greatest things that a pocket watch, a supporter of my content. That's one of the greatest things you can do. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe, the subscribe button, but sharing the content, that is what's going to help us get to the next level. Thank you so much, brother, for calling in, okay? Man, all right thank you bro all right people i told you i'm not gonna be here all night i'm almost at an hour so if someone calls in in the next couple of minutes while i finish up this rant other than that we're gonna close this out but pay attention to this the brother made a great point conference after conference after conference it's the same group of people same group of people like he said you may sprinkle a few new people put a new title on the conference but it's the same group of people over and over again when it comes to some of these bigger podcasts they're on you know they're on this podcast this week then they flip around they're on that podcast then the podcaster is now the guest of the other podcaster on there they're just you know flip-flopping back and forth back and forth everybody has a course to sell when they go to your podcast, you have an affiliate link. What does that mean? What does that mean? If I'm interviewing someone, they have something to sell. They have a course. And I've got an affiliate link in the description of the video that I'm doing live right now, right? And I'm interviewing this person. I've already made a determination on the quality of this man's or woman's information. Why? I've already accepted to take payments, a commission off the sale of the course. That's how it works. So if I invite Guru Master Flex 2000, right? Whatever their name is, right? Guru A. If I bring on the credit guru A to my show, Pocket Watching with JT, and I've got an affiliate link in the video, and I'm supposed to be asking this person about what they do, how they got the education to do what they do, trying to vet them out. Well, I've already tied myself to them financially because I want you, my audience, that's what I'm selling. 
right? That's what some of these podcasts do. They are selling their audience to the fake guru. Saying, listen, some people take money up front. That's that payroll payola video that I was talking about before. Payroll, pay, I mean, podcast payola. Podcast payola is when you have these people who pop up out of nowhere. You never heard of them before. They don't seem to have a very big following of any kind. But all of a sudden, they're on a podcast that gets millions and millions of views. Hmm. And the main thing that they're on the podcast for is to sell their course. Okay. We already have one financial expert who admitted, listen, I paid X thousand dollars. It was like out of 30, $50,000 like that. I paid thousands of dollars to get on this podcast. Gave the money to the host of the show. Now I'm on the show. Why? Because I know I'm going to get to sell thousands of my course to the millions of people who watch this podcast. That's one way that these guys get paid. Another way that these podcast hosts get paid is on the back end. See, the podcast payola, that's getting paid on the front end. Actually getting money to do the interview. That's the front end. The back end is the affiliate link. The affiliate link basically is saying, let's say the course cost $5,000 to get this course. Well, if you buy it through the affiliate link, it's not $5,000, it's $3,000. Looks like you're getting a hell of a deal. What you don't know is that $1,500 go to the podcast host and the other $1,500 goes to the person who actually does the course. That's getting money on the back end. So, of course, some of you may ask the question, hey, why doesn't the host ask more probing questions to some of these guests? I feel like they're not they're not really getting the point across. Like they're not really trying to find out what's going on. One of the reasons one of the reasons why that, you know, these questions may not be getting asked is because they're going to make money off the course. Here's the thing. If they're going to make money off the course, it would be self-defeating to ask too many hard questions. Think about it. If you ask too many hard questions, not enough courses get sold, meaning you're not making enough money off the course. So it's best to play ignorant. It's best just to sit back. And if something happens, if somebody says something silly, if the course doesn't turn out to be what the course was supposed to be, you can stand back and say, oh, well, it's not my course. I, I don't do the course. So-and-so does the course. I don't do that. But you, you made money off the course through the affiliate link. That's that's the point that I'm making. So I just want you guys out there to be, just be careful, right? That, that's what I want to say. I want you to really 
be careful. We are entering into a stage of our economy that a lot of you have not experienced yet. A lot of y'all guys are young. You have not experienced a recession, not as an adult, maybe as a child, but not as an adult. We are not fiscally in a position to simply give money to financial experts when you don't have enough money in your saving account to cover you a couple of months, right? So that's that's what I would like for y'all to do. Now, let me read a couple of these, these super chats before I let you guys go. Once again, listen, thank you so much for, for the super chats. Thank you so much for calling in. Everybody who called, everybody, I appreciate it. I just want to make sure that I show all the support. Lord Commander, again, thank you for the uh, super chat. We got toxic positivity conferences. <laughs> you don't want it. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's crazy. My brother Marcus, Marcus the CFA in the building says put put a two in the chat if JT made you money in 2021. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Don't go for that trick. Don't go for that trick. Thank you Marcus. I appreciate it. We got Michael in the building says, shout out to JT. Awesome sauce. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. We got Lucifer, not Lucifer again, Lucifer in the building with the $5 super sticker. Thank you so much, Lucifer. I appreciate it. Lord Commander again says, I love social proof podcasts, but he always have people on uh, that got rich in a multi-level marketing, then started other businesses. It's like interviewing a lottery winner. Listen, you you know how the pocket watcher feels about multi-level marketing companies. Let's be real. Absolutely. Multi, you, you have a higher probability based on a study, based on a study that you can find on the FTC's website. You're more likely to make money gambling at the roulette table at Caesar's Palace than to make money in a multi-level marketing company. They don't talk about that, do they, Lord Commander? They absolutely don't mention that part when it comes to multi-level marketing companies. Once again, we got Lucifer in the building with the $10 super chat. Listen, guys, thank you so much. It's the weekend. Y'all go out. Y'all have fun with your loved ones. You don't have to spend money. Find ways. Find ways to have fun with your loved ones this weekend that does not necessarily mean you have to spend hundreds of dollars. You know, gas prices are high. You're going to have to spend a lot of money on gas driving around all weekend, all these restaurants. It's okay just to sit at home family night in front of one of the multiple big screen TVs you have in your home. Don't lie to me. I know you. You probably have at least two to three big screen TVs either up on the wall on a stand, and for some of you, on the floor. Don't play me. I know you. So why don't you just relax? Go to the refrigerator, make a meal. Everybody come around, put on Netflix, uh, Disney Plus, one of the 10 streaming channels that I know you guys have. Sit back, relax, watch a movie together, binge watch that new series that you love. The Umbrella Academy just came out with season number three. Sit back, binge watch that. You don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to have a good time. All right, we're pocket watches here. We build wealth 
for the long term, we don't get rich quick. Y'all have a great weekend. Good night. I will see you guys Monday. Hopefully hear from me Monday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time as I do my radio show live from the radio station here in the city of St. Louis, KSTL. But don't worry, of course, it will also be live streamed here on YouTube. You guys have a great weekend.